How we feeling? What's going on, guys? Welcome to the How We Feeling podcast. Today's episode, I'm super excited for because our guest today is former University of Nevada Reno football standout Caleb Fossum. How you doing today, Foss? Doing great, man. Thanks for having me on, bro. I really, really appreciate it. Very excited. Absolutely, man. And I have to say, I've been looking very forward to this just because when I think of you, I think of someone who is unapologetically themselves and has absolutely zero problem being authentic whatsoever. So I appreciate uh, that, man. Uh, I mean, I'm definitely always going to be myself. I wear my heart on my sleeve. Um, You know, what you see is what you get. Um, And I mean, I'm just kind of, I'm going to push that vibe, you know, forever as far as just don't, don't be afraid to be yourself for sure. Absolutely. And I think especially too, with what we do here at the podcast and just the whole philosophy behind the company, biggest thing we're looking to do is create an authentic space for people to really just be true to themselves. And, you know, it's good to have people that are surrounding us in that environment and, and really embody that. So absolutely, thank you, man. I really, really appreciate that, man. Thank you. Definitely. So to jump into things, I mean, I kind of tell everybody the main focus of this is just giving you a platform to go ahead and share your story. We'll talk about all aspects of your journey up to now, highs and lows and everything in between. Um, and a big thing I want to touch on too, to start out is just talk to me about the relationship that you have with your parents. Um, especially growing up. Um, yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm blessed to have both my parents in my life. Um, you know, they were very, very supportive at a very young age with me. Um, you know, when I was young, we instilled kind of that sports mentality. Um, you know, my dad was always my coach growing up and uh, it wasn't the, the daddy ball type coach. He was the complete opposite. Um, you know, pushed me to my limits, you know, to the point where I wanted to quit sometimes. Um, but I always knew it was in my best interest, you know, they just wanted to make a man out of me. My mom, you know, taught me how to hustle, how to grind. She had me when she was 20 years old, um, so a little young. Um, put herself through school by bartending. Um, put herself through nursing school. You know, she sets goals very high. She's currently still reaching goals that she's setting for herself. So, you know, I got a, a great mindset from my dad. I, got, I learned how to grind and hustle for my mom. Um, and family has been very, very supportive throughout my whole journey as far as sports goes. That's awesome. And it's, it's so funny to look at how pivotal – that relationship with your folks is and you know have them passing down all those lessons to you as you grow older right because you know looking at you and knowing the work ethic that you have and just the intensity you bring to everything you do like it makes perfect sense that your parents would be the exact same way right yeah absolutely um i mean i do think it starts young and starts in the household and, and the mindset you instill in your children as far as parenting goes and obviously i'm not a dad yet but um, i'd love to be someday but um i i know parenting's got to be hard and and um you know pointing your kid in the right direction you don't want to be too pushy you don't want to be you know, um, not, not strict enough. So there's a very fine line between all that. And I think my parents obviously did a very good job, um, with me and my little brother and my little sister. So, um, you know, like I said, just, they, I have a great support system. I have a lot of family here in California and some in different parts, but, um, always reaching out, always someone to talk to. Um, so very, very fortunate to have that. Definitely. And then in terms of being an athlete, I mean, obviously, you know, there's more to you than sports, of course, but sports play a super pivotal part in your life. Um, yep. And I feel like any athlete that plays at the high school level or college, you know, or even beyond knows how big of a factor high school ball can be. Uh, yeah. What was your high school experience like? Yeah, um, I was a little different. Um, so I originally went to J. Sarah Catholic High School um, my freshman and sophomore year. I went there to primarily play um, baseball, have a very good baseball program. I love Coach K. He's the head baseball coach there. Um, so I go there to play uh, baseball. I end up playing football. I end up playing both. Um, you know, I end up quitting football my sophomore year because I uh, was told to focus on baseball. I'm a left-handed pitcher. It was more valuable. You know, they're telling me not to get hurt. 
Um, I hated my life. It was a very, very um, hard time for me to quit football and watch all my friends play. Um, and I had, I had a couple best friends that went to that school, but most of my friends went to El Toro, which was a public school that I lived uh, right next to. Mm. So um, I was in touch with one of my really good friends, Trey Tinsley, who was the quarterback at El Toro at the time. And he's uh, recruiting me pretty much to try to transfer. And I remember I came home one day and I was like, dad, I want to play football at El Toro. And he was like, all right, man, let's go to El Toro then. So I ended up transferring. It's, it's kind of a crazy story because one day I met Jay Sarah pitching against El Toro in a JV game my sophomore year. And then like literally three days later, I'm at El Toro pitching against Jay Sarah. So it's like, it was pretty trippy, like the whole transition. Um, you know, so I transferred, I ended up going to El Toro, uh, which is my home school. Um, and I ended up playing football and baseball. El Toro is a very, very uh, well-known baseball school in California. I have a lot of studs um, that, went, that went to the major leagues. Um, so what happened was I, I started playing football my junior year. Our starting safety gets hurt. So I have to end up playing safety the whole year. Mm-hmm. Um, which was fine by me. I'm a team guy. Um, didn't really think about college football at all. Um, you know, I was a decent safety, decent high school guy, um, played a little bit of receiver, but, but not very much. Um, so, and then senior year rolls around and, uh, that was the first time I really played receiver, um, pretty much in my life. So, uh, played receiver, had a really, really good season. Uh, as far as seasons goes, I was like all County, all uh, the MVP in my league, you know, all the good stuff, all the cool high school stuff. Um, had a really, really good season, but zero offers division one, um, out of high school, just zero love, nothing. Um, so I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, I'm going to play baseball and see what happens. And I had a couple offers for baseball. Um, but as far as football goes, just, just no love in high school. Gotcha. That's super wild because I didn't, I didn't know that beforehand. And as I'm hearing you talk about that, there's so many different parallels, you know, between you and I that are super similar. It's actually, yeah. And talk about, take a step back and talk about what was kind of going through your head, you know, as you start playing football early on junior year and then go through senior year and have that breakout year, you know, finding that new love for football, digging yeah. into the mindset of just wanting to go in and grind and wanting to be your best self. How did that all come to fruition and how did that feel at the time making that jump? I, uh, I'm a very big Conor McGregor fan. I love to talk things into existence. Um, you know, and that kind of got instilled in me my junior year. So after my junior season, they came out with a top 150, 150 kids in Orange County, right? Um, and there's not like, there's a lot of studs out here, but as far as 150 goes, um, I thought I for sure should be on that list. I wasn't even an honorable mention. So I'm like, I took it personal. So I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, so, um, and that's where me and my business partner now, Luke, started the Uncommons because of this mindset where me and him were going to the gym at 4.30 in the morning. Um, just waking up early just because nobody else was. That was my mindset, right? Like, I'm going to ball out this year. I'm going to put in the work this year because I'm going to have a breakout season. I'm going D1. Um, so the case for me was, you know, doing all that stuff. And then I told myself, like, I'm going to be the, one of the best players in the county next year, my senior year. Um, so speaking that into existence and just that was my why every day going into that senior season. And then I remember, um, and I was always like, okay, like I, I could play ball. Um, but it was one game in particular. I kind of broke out. It was against uh, Capo Valley. I had four punt returns in one game for a touchdown. And it, it, it kind of like set my my mind like, dude, I can really ball. You know what I mean? And that kind of flipped my switch where it's like it takes that one player, that one thing for you to be like, okay, like this is it. Like this is what I was meant to do, you know? So that's kind of where it happened. Yeah, no, that's super awesome. And so now you take that breakout year you had senior year. You're moving throughout the rest of the school year. Freshman year of college is coming up. Talk yeah. to me about the wild journey that takes place over at Washington State. Yeah, man. So like I said, zero offers. Um, and how that kind of ended up playing out was I, got to, I, had to, I had some big offers for baseball as far as Cal State schools and stuff go, but I just, I wanted to play football. I was going to use baseball to play football. So 
what happened was I had offers from D2s. Um, but me and Luke, I remember I called, uh, I called him one day and it was, it was Dixie state, uh, was getting, pushing me to sign my letter of intent. Um, and I'm not going to name the head coach, but he was, he was really on me and he calls me. He's like, so are you going to sign today? And I'm like, uh, you know, give me a second. I call Luke and he goes, Hey man, we didn't wake up at four 30 every day for you to go D2. You know, you want to go D1. That's what you've told me. And not, not that there's anything wrong with D2, but that's what you told me, man. You want to go D1. So let's do it. So I was like, all right, man, whatever. I hung up, called the coach back and said, hey, coach, uh, I'm going to wait till after baseball season and see what happens. And he goes, hey, man, you know, you're not a D- Division One football player. That's not going to work for you. I don't know what you think you are. And I was like, you know, with all due respect, you don't know me. And I hung up. Um, so and then Hawaii calls me a week later. They offered me for baseball, um, told me I could walk on for football, but I didn't really get the vibe from the coach that he wanted me. Mm-hmm. So that whole process, um, I'm like, all right, coach, yeah, I'll take my visit on. For- this is like a Tuesday. I'll take my visit on Friday. I'm going to commit. He's like, cool, man. Happy you're going to be a warrior. I was like, cool. Awesome. So the next day I'm driving uh, over in the parking lot after a baseball game and I get a, a phone call from a New Jersey number and it's uh, Coach Mealy, the Washington State Special Teams Coordinator. And uh, he calls me and he's pretty much like, hey, man, uh, I want you to come return kicks for me, uh, but you're going to have to walk on, you know, that whole deal. And, uh, you know, Washington State has a, has a place for you. So I was like, man, all right. And cool. So I, I committed on the spot. Uh, I, I didn't take my visit to Hawaii, which I probably should have. Mm-hmm. I'd never been at that time. Um, but the crazy part about that was I had to email every school in the country like a hundred times, dude. I, I was putting myself out there. I was emailing everybody, um, just anything I can to, to get some attention. And when I, before I left the house for that game, my dad's like, do you want me to email Coach Mealy, the Washington State uh, Special Teams Coordinator? And I was like, nah, bro, he's not going to reply. You know, screw it. I'm just going to go to the game. Mm-hmm. And thank God he did because Coach Mealy then told me later that he scrolled randomly and landed on an email and it happened to be me and he liked my film and he ended up calling me and you know, the rest was history. I walked on to Washington state going into freshman year. So pretty crazy. That is super crazy. And that, mm-hmm. that's you know, one of the key things I like to think of, you know, especially for me personally and hold dearly is just the idea that opportunities will find you in the most unlikely places, almost as if it's fate. Right. Oh, a hundred percent. I felt like that was supposed to happen. And um, you know, and just being grateful for that opportunity. Like I didn't care I mean, it was the it was the D one opportunity. So am I going to sit here because oh I'm only a walk on? It's like no man, I got the opportunity. I've been waiting for. I'm going to take it. Um, you know that's Pac twelve. That was a big time ball for me. And the funny the funny thing was I remember I texted River Craycraft, who was who's a great receiver out of there. He's on the Broncos now. And um, he I texted him like, hey man, uh, is my locker up? And I remember he sent me a picture and he goes number thirty eight. Ouch. And I was like, hey man, I've never loved number thirty eight more than I do now. Like I'm just glad I have a number. You know so. I go back when I tell kids like, dude, you get an opportunity, just go make the most of it. You know, whether, whatever it is, just have that mindset and go in and do that. Definitely. And that brings up a good point on gratitude, right? You know, knowing that circumstances can come at any way, shape or form and not knowing what's going to happen when you get that opportunity to have something even remotely close to what it is that you want. You got to be nothing but grateful for it, right? Absolutely, man. You just got to be ready to roll and be prepared because like you said, you don't know when the opportunity is coming. So when it presents itself, you better be ready to roll. And I've been, uh, you know, you, you can't take things personally. That's something I've learned a lot uh, throughout this whole journey. And what I'm really trying to take place now in my life is just not taking things personally as far as, you know, I didn't get that offer. It's no one's fault. It's, it's just, it is what it is. Deal with it and take the positives out of it. And uh, the way my whole life has gone is exactly how it's supposed to happen, man. I truly believe that for sure. And so now you make that point to where you're like, okay, I'm going to walk on. You get to watch in the state as a walk on. Take me through that experience. Yeah, man, being a walk on is tough. Um, you know, I I had to go through school without a textbook. I couldn't afford textbooks. Um, 
you know, you, I wasn't allowed to eat uh, dinner. I wasn't on scholarship. Uh, you know, you're, you're definitely treated a little bit differently because you're a walk on. You're not going to get the opportunities those scholarship guys get. And that's just, that's how it's cut. It's not nobody's fault, but they're paying that kid to be there. They're, they're, they have more invested in him. So they're obviously going to give him a chance over you as far as, you know, reps and stuff goes. So I'm like, anytime I get a rep, I got a ball out, bro, whatever it is. Um, I remember my first day of, of fall camp, you know, um, I, uh, my first day of one-on-ones, I didn't even get off the line. I got pressed so bad because I've never gone against press coverage. I was embarrassed. I mean, I, I was almost in tears. Like I remember calling my dad, like, I don't know if I could do this, man. Like this is, this is big time and, and stuff like that. But, um, it, I just, I just remember it, it just kept getting better. It gets better. You take every day for what it is and you keep working and then it, it just keeps getting better and better and better. More opportunities come, you know? Um, and then the story is, you know, we're doing special teams drills and Mealy goes, Hey man, can you hold field goals? And I'm like, yeah, I can hold field goals. And I've never held a field goal in my life. Like I totally lied. He goes, all right, get on a knee and, and hold these field goals. And I'm like, Oh shit. Like, okay, we're going now. Um, so he snaps <laughs> and I put it down. The kicker's like yelling at me cause I don't have it down. Right. And the laces aren't out. And so a lot going on. And then I start to get the hang of it a little bit. Um, and he goes, all right, you're getting this live rep. I'm like, okay, cool. So I get the live rep, put it down. Kick is good. I actually made a really cool play. Like I, I kind of had to extend for it and put it down and made the field goal. So that got me a, a starting spot on the bus. Like I wasn't traveling. I was like, I got to find a way to travel. I was, mm-hmm. I was checking that list every day. I'd sit in the meetings and I'm like, they don't have a holder. So if he asked me, I'm going to, I'm going to be on it. So he asked me, I had opportunity and I lied and it worked out. I got on the bus and uh, it literally earned me, you know, more opportunity. They gave me a little bit of responsibility. You take, you take what you get and you make more of it. And I think that's been key for me. It rings true for anybody where you're in a situation where you're not exactly where you want to be or you're sitting somewhere and you've, you're asking yourself, you know, can it get any worse than this? Or Absolutely. Is, you know, this is so bad, but mm-hmm. it's just a matter of sitting in that suffering, right? Or sitting in that pain or sitting in that feeling of discomfort and little by little, you know, whatever it is that's up there kind of governing the way we're going about things will, you know, bless you with that little small opportunity little by little, little by little, you'll get to where you want to be. Right. And which absolutely, absolutely. You know, the thing that we say, you know, on the uncommons is like, you know, I've been through, I mean, injuries and, and walking on and transferring and, you know, just being doubted and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, you know, I mean, what am I willing to struggle for? Like, is if it, it, it tests you, life tests you, whatever you want is going to test you. Like, do you really want this? It's going to throw things at you to see how you're going to respond, you know? And so, and it puts things in perspective and, um, like I said, when I'm going through those things, I was, I always wondered like, why me? Mm. And, um, now you're looking back, it's like, I got so much stronger from these situations and everything happened how it was supposed to. It's literally crazy how everything worked out, you know? So no, it is, you get to a certain point too, where you start to, you welcome it, right? You look for Absolutely. it and you kind of lick the chops a little bit and you say, what more can be thrown at me? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, um, what I tell kids too, is like, you know, that holding spot that I lied about turned into, you know, me getting scout team reps at the punt returner, kicker turner. So I'm like, okay, I'm going against the starting special team. So if I'm balling out against the starters, you know, that's going to put some, some eyebrows raised on film, you know? So I started doing that and I started killing. I was scoring in practice all the time. So I moved up to the backup punt returner. Right. And the meeting before UCLA, right before the game, the UCLA game, um, the punt returner was late to the meeting, the starter. So he was late to the meeting and my coach goes, all right, you're out. Awesome. You're starting out at punt returner. And my, I'm like, holy shit. Like, this is it. Like, you know, so everything leading up to that moment was that, um, I ended up doing, I took, you know, a little with a lot. I didn't, I didn't do anything to, to lose a position that game. And then we go to the last game of the season against Washington. Um, I remember I, I was always told squeaky will gets the oil. So we're having a shitty game. People are just not returning kicks well. And I'm, 
behind my coach's ear. I'm like, put me in, man, put me in. I'll, I'll take this to the house, you know, talking a lot of, you know, a lot of shit. And he's like, all right, you know, fine, go, go ahead and get this one. And I literally remember I was running out to the field and coach Leach goes, who the hell is number 38? When I was running out there. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I catch this kick, I take it about 60 yards and, uh, I kind of set myself up for the next year. Um, which then led me to returning the first punt return in 15 years for a touchdown against Cal my sophomore year. And then, so like I said, that one responsibility, me lying and just doing the best job I could holding led me to scoring a touchdown my next year. Um, and then, you know, obviously we can go from there, but you know, just, just doing a lot with a little, you know what I mean? If you're giving a little and you do good with that, you're going to get more. And that's what we keep saying. Just keep building. Right. And that feels, that has to feel so good in retrospect. You know, you look at yourself in that software year and look back to what you were battling with beforehand. And I'm sure at that point, freshman, you're thinking, I, there's no way that I can even think of anything like this happening. And then you look back and you say, wow, you know, you, you realize how far you got along that journey. And you say, I would not have guessed in a million years that that would happen. Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, you're going through all that stuff and you look back and see how far you've come from that, that first day of fall camp to thinking I'm going to quit football to returning a punt in a Pac-12 stadium when it's sold out and the crowd's going crazy. And, you know, it goes back to uh, mindset as far as that day is when I started, instead of praying for success and, and all that, I started talking it into existence. I started like, instead of hoping like, oh, I hope things go well, I literally started just talking it into existence and visualizing it. Um, you know, the morning of the game before I scored my first touchdown, um, I was literally envisioning me returning a kick for a touchdown and, and it happened. So that gave me insight. I'm like, dude, our brain is so powerful. We control how we feel, how we act, who we are is literally on our brain and it's perspective. It's like, so if you can just envision this good and positive things happening and put positive things in the world, that's what's going to happen, you know? And that's one of the big things we talk about too, in terms of, you know, you're not your thoughts, you're not your feelings, you're not your emotions, but you have the power to be the main observer and also Absolutely. the main key master over those things, right? Absolutely. The opportunity to go ahead and put those things out into whatever experience, whatever situation you're in, you can realize how much is under your control. I mean, you control everything and, and to stress over things you cannot control is just, it's insanity. You're going to drive yourself crazy. You're going to point fingers and think stuff happens to you, you know, and, and just start doubting everything. It's like, if I can't control it, then why am I stressing over it? I, it has nothing to do with me. And so as long as you can control it and you make it positive, good things are going to happen to you for sure. And so now, you know, you have that pretty solid year, Washington State, and the next year you have the opportunity to leave. So yeah. talk to me about kind of what's going through your head after that season and looking at other opportunities to go and play elsewhere. Yeah, so um, what happened to me was I, you know, our initial, um, you know, contact with Washington State was, you know, I'd walk on and then after probably a year or two, I'd get a scholarship. So, I mean, I, I returned that punt for a touchdown. I ended like a 15-year drought. Um, you know, I'm thinking I'm for sure getting a scholarship. And I remember my dad calling me, you know, around Christmas time and he's like, dude, like you need to get a scholarship. Like we can't, we can't do this anymore. This is a lot of money for our family. And I'm like, no, nah, man, I feel you. So I had to go in. I talked to my coach and like, Hey man, I can't afford to go here anymore. Like I need a scholarship or I can't play here. And, um, you know, I thought they were going to call my, you know, my bluff. And he was just like, all right, well, you know, then here's your transfer papers. You know, you're going to get a scholarship your senior year, but that's pretty much it. So I was like, Okay, you know, and there was no hard feelings. I still talk to those coaches to this day, but it was just more of a business decision. Like they didn't have the scholarship and, and I couldn't afford it. So got my release papers. Um, and my coaches actually knew the the coaches at Nevada, they knew Coach Mummy because of the air raid system. Yeah. Um, so he was kind of talking to Coach Mummy, but how I got my scholarship was I DM'd the defensive back coach at the time, um, my film, my release papers and everything at Nevada. And I was just like, Hey, I need to do home, just straight up a cold DM. 
um, turned into, okay, let me talk to the head coach and coach mummy turned into a scholarship. And, um, I took one little, I didn't even need the visit. I was already going to commit. I just wanted an opportunity. Coach mummy called me and goes, Hey man, you're going to catch like 70 balls. Um, we play Washington state week three and we run the air raid. And like, what do you say? And I'm like, yeah, man, I'm in count Mm -hmm. me. in." so I committed and, uh, you know, I was super excited and I got to Reno and I was ready to roll, man. And that's awesome. And again, it's just, you know, preparation and opportunity coming in the most unlikely of circumstances, right? You yeah. know, it came from a DM and Absolutely. the opportunity to go ahead and go and play at a school that was going to give you an opportunity to be a main, you know, key contributor. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just knowing your own value, you know, knowing that, that you deserve something like that and to go play and um, just, just being able to contribute, like, like you said, be a key contributor is just, you know, what I was looking for and, and it paid off. Definitely, definitely. And so talk to me about the mindset that you had at that point, right? Because you're coming from Pac-12 school where, yeah, you're not on scholarship, but you're still, you know, you're doing well. And now you're coming into the Mountain West with the opportunity to go ahead and eventually, you know, really early on become a main figure on the team. So for you, you know, having had the mindset of I need to go ahead and grind and I need to work, work, work not so much thinking that this is going to get handed to you, but what's in your head knowing that other guys at the new school now are going to be looking at you thinking you're getting stuff fed in a silver platter. Yeah. So, I mean, what happened, and that's exactly what I didn't want to happen. You know, I knew the guys even saw me coming in. I think they saw me a certain way and didn't like me at first for sure. Um, just because I'm the new kid, I came in, you know, I'm, I'm getting reps and all that kind of stuff. But uh, my, my whole mindset was I'm going to come in and show these guys that I'm, I'm a team player. I'm going to do whatever I can. And, uh, I'm going to ball and I'm going to work my ass off and outwork everybody, you know, and that's kind of my mindset. It's how it's always been. I'm going to earn your respect through my work and how I work and how I go about myself. So I came in and I was just grinding, man. And, um, it's funny cause the football gods have a funny way of, um, you know, bringing stuff to light. And the thing was I worked my, I had the best fall camp I ever had in my life, man. I was, I was on that fall camp. Um, I was in coach Chang's room, me and him got super close and, um, I was just feeling everything. I loved it. But in the back of my head, I kept, I kept thinking about that Washington state game. I really want to play week three. I really want to get to week three. Um, so selfishly, I think once we got towards season, I started taking some plays off in practice and kind of holding back a little bit, not taking plays off, not that, but trying to just stay healthy to get to the games. Right. And like get to week three. That's what I really wanted to play. I wanted to play Washington state and and put on a show at at Wazoo. Um, so, you know, Northwestern comes around and, um, I, I'm catch the, the first kick to open the second half and I plant and I, get hit and blow out my kneecap. And, um, you know, I, I missed the whole season and, uh, that's where the football guys kind of, you know, put in perspective for me, like, like, you know, like that wasn't supposed to happen. And at the time I'm like, are you kidding me? Like I come in, I'm supposed to be this dude. I'm the starter. I'm the pro returner, kick returner, all the, all this stuff. I have all this hype around me in the first game. I blow out my knee. Like, like, are you serious? You know? And after all I've been through, I'm like now this, you know, and, um, I just, I was a super, super dark time for me, for sure. Definitely. And I want to unpack that a little bit just because, you know, again, similar circumstances between both you and I in terms of, you know, knee injuries being pretty debilitating early on. Um, What was, you know, what was going on through your head at that moment, knowing you had worked so hard to get there and now, you know, this happens. Yeah, man. So I'm, I'm on top of the world one day, right? I'm, I'm the guy, I'm, I'm, punter turner kicker turner i'm just in reno i'm getting all this buzz around me I'm, I'm i'm on top of the world i feel like the man um and then yeah it's all stripped away like just like that um one play um it, it was crazy i remember being in the training room just in tears like dude like all i've been through i finally catch a break and then this is it like what like what more can happen to me like you know that i have to go through um and at the time it was like it was like a the perfect storm so 
you know, I get hurt. Um, I go back to the apartment that I was living at. The kid that I'm living with, my name isn't on the lease and he's transferring. So he tells me I need to pack my shit and leave um, because he's transferring. So I'm, I'm homeless. Uh, my mom has to come up. We have to find somewhere to live. And shout out to Lucas Weber. I mean, this guy took me under his wing and, uh, you know, let me stay at his guest house with his family and they took care of me. Um, and at the time I had a girlfriend and she broke up with me, um, like right as this happened too. And it was, it was like the perfect storm. I was just like, Oh my God, like what, like what more can happen right now? You know what I mean? So right. I was just in such a dark place. I was, you know, drinking a lot. I was, I was not, uh, doing team events. I wasn't talking to anybody. I was just in this guest house all day, every day. Um, especially when my mom left too, cause she came to spend a little time with me and you know, it's weird at the point where I'm showering and my mom has to help me shower and like, you know, get dressed. And it was just, it was, it was tough. And then, um, you know, it was, it was just super dark, you know, and then, uh, you realize that it starts to put things in perspective for you, you know, it puts a lot into perspective. I mean, you get to a point for one where having been the athlete that you are at the time, you know, you're so used to just gutting everything out, right. It's that mentality of always having to grind 24 yep. seven, always having to hold yourself accountable. And now you get to a point to where the ego kind of has to get turned off, right? You have to take yourself out of sports mode. And especially playing in college, you know, a lot of people, that's all they have to identify with is sports. So when that gets taken away from you, you feel like you're a shell of yourself, right? You have nothing else to identify yourself with. Oh, I mean, that identity identity crisis came in immediately. I'm like, bro, I'm known as the dude. And now I just, I went from everything to nothing. Like no one even cares about me. And it's kind of how I felt. And I was just like, I felt like worthless. I'd be in the training room, just like, I didn't give a shit. I was just, I'd never been hurt before really either. So that was kind of my first injury where mm. I had to bounce back. And what really saved me was like, you know, um, my, my boy at the time, you know, and still one of my best friends to this day, but Griffin Don, um, he got hurt as well. And, you know, he started to push me like, dude, like, what are you doing? Like, wake up. Like, you got to start getting ready. You got to start rehabbing. Um, so that kind of started to get me going a little bit. And then Coach Chang uh, was there for me since day one, man. I'd go in and he'd make me come talk to him every day for about an hour. Just my feelings, whatever that was going on that day, what I was battling. And then what really got me going was Tyler Crandall. You know, I see this kid tears ACL for I think the second or third time. And his first day at, at rehab, he's grinding, sweating, like just getting after. And I'm like, who is this kid? You know, like, what's this kid's story? And um, I get to know him. And then it started to make me be like, dude, this kid's a walk-on and he's He's, he's never really played before and he just wants to be on the kickoff team. And I'm like, man, like that was me. Like I used to be that kid that just wanted a shot and I lost that mentality as a walk-on where it's like, nah, dude, screw this. I'm going to find a way to make this work. I'm going to, I'm going to grind. And I think I got comfortable being the kid on scholarship and being a starter. It, it I, I kind of let it all get to me, you know, and then it gets stripped of you. And now you got nothing again. So I started hanging around those kind of people like Crandall and Griffin with that mindset, as far as like, you know, Griff's a backup quarterback trying to grind and get to the top. Uh, you know, Tyler's a walk-on and I started surrounding myself again with those walk-on dudes that have that blue collar grind mentality. And when you're hurt and all that stuff, those little wins, like, okay, your knee gets a little better. You get a little bit more range of motion, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, those little wins add up to big ones. And so I started to do that hanging with those guys and, um, it it created great friendships and also instilled like that, that walk-on mentality back in my brain. Definitely. And you just said, you know, a few different things too, primarily that definitely stuck with me and I want to dig a little bit deeper into, um first just having that relationship with coach chang in terms of him calling you in the office every single day and having a talk with him and actually express what you're feeling how big of a help was that uh it was it was unbelievable man because there was i mean there was some very very dark times and i remember he dragged me in the room and he's looking at me he's like dude you look like terrible you're super skinny i'm like i'm not eating i look like a skeleton dude i'm not eating i'm drinking i'm 
I'm just in such a dark place. I'm depressed. Like I said, I'm just at this guest house with, you know, uh, Lucas's family is doing the best they can with me. I mean, they have, they have their own lives to deal with, you know, and I had a Griff and some of my friends coming to checking up on me, but they had football, they had school. It was, you know, um, and so it was very dark. And so when, when Chang started to call me in and talk to me, man, it was just, it felt like somebody actually cared. It felt like somebody wanted to hear my story. It felt like, you know, someone could relate to me and, um, man, we, we created a bond that, you know, I, I love that guy. And just for him to be there in that moment when he didn't have to, and he's taking the time out of his day. It just means a lot to have an ear, you know, just for someone to listen and you can lay your stuff on. I mean, it's powerful, right? So many people would be so much more willing to express themselves and share what they're feeling and share their thoughts if they knew that somebody was going to be willing to listen. And so as soon as you have that ear lended to you, you know, it just spews out like people would have never thought that they like, though people will think that that'll be the last time they'll ever get the chance to talk to someone. Right. Oh, so they just dude. started doing everything. Yeah. You start crying, you get emotional. I mean, I, I cried in there so many times with him and it was just like, God, it felt good. Like it just felt good to cry it out. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's like, I don't have to be the this, this strong egotistical football player anymore. Like I'm a person, I'm a human. I have feelings. I'm sensitive. Like it's okay to be that as a, as a dude playing football that people, you know, this college football world that you have this, this, you know, persona that you have to be this big, strong alpha male. And it's like, dude, I have feelings, man. I'm sensitive. I'm a sensitive dude. I'm a very emotional. I play emotional and it is what it is. Um, so yeah, being able to cry it out and be there for somebody, you know, man to man was, it was, it was unreal. It was so helpful. That's super awesome. And then you talk about the guys like having Griff around, having Lucas and his family around for you whenever they could, um, working with Crandall and having Crandall be there to be that shoulder for you, to keep you going and keep you pushing. Yeah. Talk about the importance of having a community around you when you're struggling and then just having those people to celebrate with when you get those little victories starting to come your way. Absolutely, man. And uh, I, I get goosebumps thinking about that stuff because it's just like, I, I'm a firm believer in your, you know, the average of the five people you hang around with. Um, so for me, it was, you know, Griff, Crandall, um, and a couple other guys, you know, I remember my first day at Nevada, I saw this kid, Reese Neville, you know, running up late from from I, I didn't know at the time but he was running up late from work he worked from like 6 p.m to like 4 a.m and then ran to the workout you know a little late at five o'clock because he just worked all night and then he smoked everybody in warm-ups he was the one kid i couldn't beat or not warm-ups but conditioning he was the one kid i couldn't beat in conditioning so then i started you know talking to him and you know those guys at the time didn't travel because they were all walk-ons and i was hurt so i got to get so close with like reese and sheldon and and uh you know tyler and, and griff and we were all hanging out and building this bond of having that same mentality. And it was cool because they were asking me like from, as a former walk on about my story. And then I'm learning from them and just telling them like, dude, guys keep grinding. And, um, just having that mentality that like, you know, like we're sensitive and we're, we're all that stuff that like, you know, we, we want to be, be able to share those feelings, but also like, we're not soft, like we're blue collar, we're grinders and we're going to find a way to get the job done, you know? Um, and that's what those guys are. They're just so hardworking. And to this day, like anything I do, um, if I need some help, if I need anything, I can call those guys without a doubt and they'd be there for me, no questions asked. And and having friends that you know are truly there for you to listen and to have your back no matter what. Um, and it's a funny analogy, but it's it's literally like, you know, you know, the movie The Town where it's like, I gotta I gotta bury a dead body pretty much, you know. He's like, Hey man, I got some stuff to do and you can't ask questions and he goes, All right, whose car we're taking? Like, mm-hmm. that's your boy. Like, I gotta bury a dead body and, and he's like, No questions asked, we're gonna go take the car and do it. You know, it's like it's, it's a messed up analogy, but that's like literally how those guys are to me. And that's, and that's the reason I am where I am today. Um, and like my business partner, Luke's the same way. He's been there since high school for me before. Um, and just having a good support system pushing you every day uh, is, is huge, huge. Super huge. And, and I think especially in an environment where, you know, you're playing sports, especially at the collegiate level, 
um, just because I know for me personally, and then for people that I've, I've known that are close to me that have had similar experiences, you know, there's so many different disparities in terms of mental health being actually acknowledged within college sports. Um, so I wanted to get a little bit of your insight on that and kind of what your experience is like dealing with that. Yeah, man, I'll be honest, and I don't have any ties to college sports anymore. Um, but it's it's terrible. There is um, there needs to be there needs to be a change, and I and I hope um, that I can, and somehow, and, and this podcast, and your company, and your guys, and and um, I want to come up with something as well to help these student athletes have a voice and have someone to talk to because there's so many kids that are going through stuff that you don't even know. Like it blows my mind that a coach doesn't know everybody's name, or it blows my mind that you know, players don't know each other or whatever the case is. Like there's so many kids going through stuff that have so many different stories that we don't know what's going on. And I remember, I'm not going to name him, but first day of fall camp, I just saw a kid I never met before on the team. And I go up to him and I'm saying, Hey man, you're right. Like you just seem weird. And he's telling me, he's like, yeah, man. Like I just, he just, he broke down and told me like, he's having these thoughts and that he doesn't know if he can do it anymore. He doesn't know if he could be on this earth anymore. And I was like, I was like, Hey man, like I take this very seriously. You know, I, you know, my former teammate, Tyler Halinski, he, he committed suicide and, um, it's a very sensitive subject. And he's, this kid's breaking out crying to me. And we were on, we stood on the field for two hours after practice talking because he's just sitting here saying like he had no one to talk to and all this stuff. And he doesn't want to tell his family because he doesn't want to worry them. And it's just like, there's probably so many kids going through that same thing that, you know, football, like you talk about, there's just such ego in collegiate sports and that we have to be this something that we're not. And it's like, there needs to be somebody to talk to is that's a family or a friend or, you know, a colleague or a, a coach, whatever it is, you need to be able to talk to somebody. No, hundred percent. And I think, especially when you think of, you know, the college athlete, the normal, normal schedule daily, it's, you know, a matter of going to workouts in the morning, waking up, having film, breaking down, going into team groups and going to more meetings and then having to go through your normal day as a student, right. Come back. Sometimes yeah. I practice either at night or in the morning, having to go through the study hall, get your books in, go to sleep and wake up. Cause you got meetings at five in the morning. Right. Yeah. Unreal. And, and there's no time to be a normal individual, no time to even enjoy the normal college experience. It's a matter of continually being on the job, on the job. And when you get so stuck in focusing on the work you have to do, you you know you lose a sense of the fact that I'm a human being too, outside of just playing. Absolutely. I mean, you touched that you're a human being, and and I, and I'm not going to sit here and say that college athletes have it harder than anybody. There's there's kids that have kids that are in college that are working and doing all that stuff that are going through stuff as well. That's not what I'm saying. But as far as college athletics go. Uh, like you said, we're perceived by the public different. We have a an image to uphold. We have to, you know, always be on our P's and Q's. We always have to, you know, be um, be the people that they look up to. We're role models. We're 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 the the face of the school that people tell us. And they have these compliance meetings where there there's cops and all these people coming and talking to us, telling us like everybody's looking at you, everybody's looking at you. And there's this pressure from society as a football player. I think especially being like you know a male football player that. You have, like I said, you have to be the alpha male. There's all this ego. There's all this stuff. And I think some kids just, it's so much pressure for them that they ha- feel like there's, there's, there's nowhere to go, you know, and there needs to, it needs to be better for sure. Definitely. And I think that rings a chord too with, you know, students that come into school and they're some of the most high achieving, you know, uh, people within the education system that they're in, you know, or you got people coming from high schools, coming through with 4.0s, going to colleges that are super prestigious with the need and the standard to uphold in terms of needing to go and succeed right and absolutely it's having to be forced to reach that level of excellence in whatever field you're in you know there's more to life outside of just that and so many people lose sight of that so frequently and i feel like it needs to be addressed absolutely and and one thing i could tell people listening if they're if they're a college athlete that i 
maybe, you know, and I, I still have dreams of going to the NFL, but I honestly think the best thing that never happened to me was going to the NFL because I found new passions. I found new love. I found that I found that that's not who I identify as. I'm not Caleb Fossum, the football player. I'm Caleb Fossum, the human. I'm, I'm, I have bigger things to bring to this world outside of football that I can bring value to. Um, you know, so I've been able to find a new identity and that's my actual self. I was, like you said, we identify so much with our sports and there's so much more to life, man. There's so much, you know, and it's funny that Corona hit because now there's not even sports because like, who cares? You know what I mean? That's kind of how I think. And, and it's, it's college athletes is great and pro ball and all that stuff. There's, there's so many great people out there, but it's also like, what, what's life really about? You know what I mean? Like this game of football or, you know, the actual life and experiences and love and friends and, and support and, and these deep conversations and just being a human, like you talk about. So, um, that's one thing that I've been really blessed to, to see in 2020 is that there's so much more to life than football. Absolutely. And that was one of the things I want to touch on too. Um, just in terms of, you know, now, you know, previously having dreams of going and playing in the NFL, and working yourself through, you know, postseason workouts up to pre-draft workouts. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's looking like the draft stock might not be as high as it had been. And you end up not getting, you know, any, any, you don't get drafted. And so now it's, you know, okay, there's a break yeah. football. This is on the back burner. In terms of insecurities, and like we touched on, you know, focusing on seeing yourself primarily as a mainly athlete. How did you deal with the idea of knowing that your identity has to be reshaped now? Yes, that's that's the million dollar question, man. Is as far as um, so pretty much what happened is I I get hurt, right? I come back, I have a breakout junior season. Um, you know, I put myself on the map, and the reason was because I found my love for football again after that injury. I found that hard work ethic, that that walk on mentality. Um, you know, I had a great support system at the time too. I met I met a girl there um, who is currently my girlfriend of two years, who helped me get through that dark time, and all my friends. And um, so you know, breakout junior season, right? Awesome. I'm on the map a little bit. Um, and then I, I worked the hardest I ever have in my life um, going into my senior year. I'm like, dude, this is it. Um, this, is, this is it. I'm going to put myself on the map. I'm getting some love. I'm starting to hear some talk about NFL, um, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then senior year, a lot of dr- drastic turns as, as far as our team goes and just everything. And it was a very, very mentally um, just unstable year. I, I, it was, it was very tough for our team and our players and our receiver room. And there was just so much going on, um, that it just, it was terrible. You know, as far as my season, I did not play up the par, um, you know, just a lot going on, like I said. So that being said, you know, whatever, I'm, I'm trying to battle through this season. I'm trying to battle through the season. It's already not going good. I'm having, I'm not having the game I'm supposed to be having. I'm not having the season I'm supposed to be having. Um, and then we go play San Diego state and I blow up my shoulder and my season's done. And there goes the last play I've ever played in my life was catching a 30 yard ball. I caught it, uh, but having a 30 yard catch and getting my shoulder drilled out of me. And, um, I'm in the locker room. I have 30 people at the game cause it's, I'm local to San Diego and I, I'm just crying in the locker room again. Like, here I am. Like, what the, like, you know, what the hell, like, why does this shit keep happening to me? You know? Um, and I remember sitting on the couch, you know, my girlfriend's, you know, doing everything for me. She's, she's an angel. She's helped me out and making me food and doing all this stuff. And I remember just like crying on the couch and I'm just like, dude, I don't know if I could do this anymore. You know what I mean? I don't know if I could go through this anymore. And then I get a call about, you know, pre-draft training and that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get to go train with Joe Burrow and um, all these, these first round draft picks down in, in Orange County with um, Jordan Palmer and Spellman and these, these great guys. And I'm like, that's an opportunity, man. Like, like, you know, every time I think it's, it's done, something kind of knocks on the door. Right. So I take it. Um, 
And it's, it's, it was a great experience, man. I'm with, I'm with pros. I'm working out with, with first round draft picks. I'm, we're getting this work in. I'm with my best friend, me, my best friend from San Jose state, Ethan Aguayo signed the same agency. We're training together. I'm like, this is it, dude. Like, you know, I had a down year, but you know, my junior is going to make up for, it. I'm going to go run a four, four at pro day and it's going to be great. So we're working our, our, our tails off all, all this pre-draft training and every single day is a battle every single day. Right. You know, you're, you're up, you're down, you run a good 40 time. You don't. Um, so that, that was mental in itself. Um, and then yeah, draft comes around and, or, well, first of all, Corona happened. Right. right? So we're training, we're training, we're training. I'm a week away from pro day and boom, pro day's canceled. And I'm like, wait, man. So you're telling me I just trained for five months. I just worked so hard to get my shoulder back. I was at rehab every day. Um, so I was already behind the eight ball because I got hurt. And then I built myself back up. I feel great. Go, dude, going into the week of my pro day, I felt so good. Even my, my speed coach Spelman was like, dude, you are like on right now. Like you're going to kill it at your pro day. And then it gets canceled. And it's like, you know, now what? Like what, what else has to happen? So I mean, just battling and battling and battling and battling this whole football and, and, and training and everything. And then the world has Corona. And um, man, it, it was just a tough time. And, and so, you know, we talk about now kind of moving forward, going into things, draft doesn't work out, corona hits, you're stuck yeah. between a rock and a hard place at this point, right? Because you'd put yeah. so much effort into pushing football, thinking this is going to be it. You know, this is going to be the shot. I'm going to yeah. go ahead and get it. I'm going to take it. And then just like that, again, like it had been the two previous times, it gets yeah. taken away from you. And I feel like at that point in time, at least in the present moment, you're thinking, okay, you know, I got till next year to see what shapes out, what's next. Right. Yeah. So now in a world where we're other sports and now, you know, you and Luke are working on things with the uncommons, which we'll talk about in just a second. But what are you thinking at that moment in time in terms of what's driving you? You know, what's important to you and what's inspiring you to keep moving every day? Yeah, man, that's a great question. And, um, you know, for me, it was more to prove myself right. And um, this whole training thing, I'm like, man, I got to go to the NFL because that's all I've said my whole life. That's that's what I've told everybody. I'm like, I'm going to the NFL. I'm going to the NFL. I've, I've talked into existence and I'm like, I've worked so hard. Like, I mean, you're going to tell me all this hard work hasn't paid off. I kept asking these questions. I'm like, man, I'm hurt after, after injury, after injury, after, you know, I have a knee, I broke my ribs in a bowl game. I have my shoulder and then I keep bouncing back. Like I keep coming back harder. I keep coming back harder. So, you know, in my mind, I was like, you know what, screw it. I'm going to find a way to, to make it on a team. I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to work my magic. I'm so, you know, I'm like, all right. So I go with my agent. We're doing all this stuff. I'm still training. Um, and then, uh, so my motivation is, you know, really my family and prove myself right. I got, I got to find a way to make money. I got to find a way to help my family. I got to find a way to, you know, prove everybody right that supported me, my girlfriend, my friends. Like, I, I got to do this, right? Everybody's counting on me. So that's my motivation. So I'm working my tail off still. We do a virtual pro day. Uh, and we're doing everything we can to get noticed, right? And then, um, so our draft comes around. A couple of days before the draft, I talked to a couple teams. Um, you know, they're telling me, you know, a couple of them specifically said that they got they got three picks in the seventh round. They really, really like me. They want to take a receiver. Um, a couple others were like, hey, man, keep your phone on you after the draft. Like, if we don't draft you, like, we're going to pick you up. I'm like, okay. So I didn't have a draft, like a watch party, but we watched it at my uncle's house because he had better reception and all kinds of stuff. So um, we're watching it, and seventh round comes, and the team comes around, and no name. And then they come around again, and not my name. And then it's the last pick of the draft. They have the last pick of the draft. I'm like, and I've told, and it's funny. I've told myself for years, I'm going to be Mr. Irrelevant. That was like my thing all through high school. It's like, I'm going to be Mr. Irrelevant, dude, the last pick of the draft. So I'm sitting there and it's all dramatic and looking for my phone. They said the picks in and, and my phone doesn't ring. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, it's all right, man. I'm like, as soon as this draft has my phone's going to ring. Right. 
So I draft fans and we're all staring at my phone and nothing's ringing, nothing's ringing. And now it's like the emotions start to kind of flood in. Like, are you like, dude, really? Like this is happening. I'm not going to get my shot. Um, and I mean, life happened like that, man. I mean, real life set in like, yeah, dude, it didn't happen. There was no call. I call my best friend, Ethan. I'm like, Hey man, you get a call. He's like, no, nah, man, not yet. And I'm like, Hey, this is for real, man. Like we're not getting picked up. And so at that moment, man, uh, it, it real life set in and all the emotions flooded in, like I said, and I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to think of myself. I, am I not good enough? And all this stuff just started flowing into my mind. And, um, the, the weeks after that were tough too, until one day I broke down to my girlfriend and I was like, dude, that I, I started crying. Cause I was just like, dude, I've worked so hard. And this is all I've wanted my whole life was to go to the NFL. And you're going to sit here and tell me that I've worked harder than, than all these people or whatever. And I'm not going to get my shot. And it's just, it's emotional. It's draining. And, um, it's, it's tough, man. It's really, really tough. Super tough, but you you know you did touch on having many by your side, you know, and having Ethan go through a similar situation in terms of not getting picked up, and yep. you know having friends there supporting you, and having your parents behind your back too. Um, and you know how has having them by your side, you know, at that point and moving forward to where you are now, how has having them empowered you to continue to be your best self and continue to work? Man, I mean, they just kept telling me like either you know they had both things like to say like you're gonna get your shot, you're gonna get your shot, and you know, we love you. We support you in anything that you do in life. You're going to be successful at. So hearing that over and over again was great. And the next day after I, after I broke down to, to Minnie, I come to work out in my garage and she writes on my whiteboard. It says, you know, you were, you were put on this earth for something greater than football. That's the first thing I saw. And, um, you know, it sparked something in my mind, like, you know what I, I am. And I had, and it's my mind started rolling and I'm like, I have a, a genuine love for business. I have a genuine love to help people. I have a genuine love for other things other than football. So in that workout, I kind of just had my, my brain started rolling and started coming up with all these things. And I'm like, maybe I was put on this earth for something other than football. Right. And you know, everything happens for a reason. I truly believe that. I mean, like if I didn't get hurt my, my uh, junior year, I would have never met many, you know, if I didn't, if I didn't leave uh, Washington state, I would have never met her. I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. You know, there's just so many different variables that everything happens for a reason. And me and you are talking on the zoom call because all this stuff happened. Right. And so, you know, when I saw that, um, it sparked my interest to to start a business and um, seek out a new chapter in my life. And um, I finally turned the page and started to put my my all my work and my my grind and my effort into starting a business. And I love that because I mean, you know, the one thing that you talked about in terms of changing and things constantly changing, you know, that's what you know OGFY in terms of that being the main thing that drove you guys. Now the uncommons, but back when it was, you know, OGFY yeah. Operation Go Find Yourself. You know, one of the things you and Luke talk about is that you're always constantly involving. And if you feel like you found yourself, you're really not digging deep enough because the more you lean into what you're doing, the more you lean into, you know, what what's around you, the more you lean into taking advantage of new opportunities and new avenues, the more you find out about yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's all it was all about, you know, we started it and obviously OGFY had its whole that was the original company we started. Um, you know, I started from, you know, my coach at uh you know, Jay Sarah, my first high school, and it was a mindset thing. It was, you know, um, more of a, just a kind of grind thing. And then I, I came up with operation, go find yourself. And that was more, I was in Hawaii. I was just getting cultured. I found out that I loved so many things that I never knew. Um, and that was, that's what football and sports kind of held back for me was as far as knowing who I am. So that's why like when that stuff stops, it's kind of a blessing because you get to go explore the world. We get to go do things we never got to do because I had 5 a.m. workouts and I had a schedule and I had to go do all this stuff. And now I'm free and I am finding so many stuff that I, so many, so many new things that I love, like new passion. So we started OGFY and then me and Luke sat down, um, got together. We've wanted to start something together for a long time. We came across the Uncommons and the Uncommons is pretty much just 
everybody in their own way is uncommon. Every, nobody in this world is like Miles. Miles is, is his own person. You know, Caleb is his own person. There's no one in this world like me genetically or anything. We're, our, we're all unique in our own way. And that's kind of where it is. We're just, we're a group of doers. We, we're authentic. And this is, my, this is who we are. And um, we're going to go find what we want to do. And we're going to be the best that we possibly be. And just, just keep feeding that positive energy into people. Um, and like we said, going to find yourself after you don't know what to do, like the, what now, what next question. And that's what the uncommon is here to answer. I love that. Cause there's so much overlap between what you guys are doing and what we're doing, you know, with how we feel in just because, you know, you guys always talk about with the uncommons, it's, you're no more than anybody else and you're no less than anybody else. You know, you are who yeah. you are and you're uncommon compared to everybody else. Absolutely. And we kind of see it similarly, you know, in terms of everybody's got their own story. Everyone's got their own journey. And it's never going to look the same. It's never going to always be up and down. But our focus is providing a space where people can, like you said, you know, just authentically and unapologetically be themselves and have faith in knowing that that community around them is going to be there to lift them up. Absolutely. And, and the biggest thing that I've learned, man, like literally the last couple of weeks was, first of all, you know, that this whole, with this whole world of social media and everything, it's so easy to get caught up in all the pressure and, and social norms and, and all this, this BS that the society has for us. And being a football player, it's, it's so egotistical. It's so like, I'm better than this guy. I, I'm so much better than this guy. And, and this guy's trying to take my spot. And I had a terrible thing my senior year of, with that, of like not being as supportive as I should have been or not, not helping out some kids that I probably should have. So I've been taking it upon myself to let go of grudges, to let go of, of, of hatred or any ill will I had towards anybody. Let go of that because it's not personal, you know? And then move that to the fact of, of helping other people. Like, man, there's, this pie is big enough for everybody. We can all make money. We can all do whatever we want to do. Like there's no reason for me to, to want everything. You know what I mean? So I started spreading that out as far as giving love on social and shouting out my friends and friends, helping friends and business, helping business, me and you helping each other. Like, man, this, this world's big enough for everybody. So once I got out of football and realized I had to check my ego at the door and just, just everything started changing for me. Good things started happening and, and people started, you know, gravitating again towards me. And that's where, um, I really, really started to find myself in these new passions and loves. And I think that's so important too, because, you know, there's a saying like attracts like, right. And you get what you receive, right. Or you get, you get what you put out in the world. And I think at the end of the day, when it comes down to life, you know, we're all doing different things. We're all in different situations and circumstances, but I feel like the one thing we can all agree upon is that we're all just looking at the end of the day to be happy, right. Everybody's looking for that happiness and that peace to be able to have that freedom and peace of mind that they're doing something and that they can be happy and take advantage of everything that life has to offer. And when you're on the side of other people working and cheering them on and doing everything you can to provide that for others, you can't tell me that you couldn't be in a better place. No, absolutely, man. And, and that's the thing is like, I've never been as happy as I am right now. And I wasn't even this happy at Washington State or Nevada or whatever. Like, I'm living a great life. I found, I think I literally found what I'm supposed to do on this earth. And that's, and, you know, that's helping people. That's building these businesses, whatever it is. And just, I, I literally love waking up every day and doing what I'm doing. Like I have found these new passions. And like I said, I, I found an identity and that's me. That's just myself and what I love. It's not, it's not the football player anymore. Um, so it's just been a very, very life changing experience. So that's why I'm always going to say, I think the NFL is the best thing that never happened to me. And, I, and it might happen in a year, but also it didn't happen when I wanted it to, which created all this, this stuff that I'm starting and, and finding. And so as of right now, it's the best thing that never happened to me. Right. And I think it ultimately just comes, comes down to doing what you can with what you have. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I, I talked to a buddy of mine and we were joking, but we were sitting at the beach, just the two of us sitting by a rock, just enjoying the moment. And, you know, it, the thought occurred that there's really not much that you need in order to find happiness. 
you know, yeah. you just have to take advantage of and be grateful of the things that are right around you. Absolutely. I mean, like, that's what you just said is, is see what you have, not what you don't have, you know, like be grateful for what you have. Don't, don't look for the thing. Don't look for things that's not there. Like don't start causing problems because, Oh, I don't have this. I don't have that. But you do, you have this, you have a family, you have a girlfriend, you have this, you have children, whatever it is that you have, like that, be grateful, be positive. It's, it's super easy to change your outlook. It's like, it's, it's the cheesiest saying, like I'm a half glass full type of guy, but it's true. Like, you can look at it two ways. It's half empty or if it's half full, like be a half full kind of guy or, or girl and just, just accept everything for what it is. Don't take anything personal, but just have gratitude every each, each and every day because Corona has taught everybody like, dude, life can be taken from you like that, just right? Like, everybody right, got freaked right. out and everybody's like, oh my God, what now? It's like, well, man, that's how you should live every day, like to the fullest and be grateful for what we have. I mean, you know what I mean? We're, everybody wants to go back outside and do all these things, but when we had it, nobody was grateful for it. Now you see people walking every day because, you know, so just be grateful for what you have when you have it. And then, you know, when it gets stripped away, that, that's when it truly comes out, you know? Right. I mean, that and just knowing that even if those things do get taken away from you, there's still always something there, right? There's Absolutely. Still something to be thankful for. Absolutely. Definitely. And so now you're at a point now where you and Luke are working on the uncommons and bringing that into greater and greater fruition. What are you looking most forward to right now? Um, you know, we're going to launch our product uh, this next week, and it's really just to... Um, help young minds as far as, um, you know, if, if you're interested in, in what to do next, the what now questions, the questions that, I, that I've been asking myself, like when football ended, like, dude, what the hell am I going to do now? I didn't get drafted or, or your plans didn't go as, as followed or, you know, you just graduated from college and you don't know what to do or maybe you're interested in business. And, you know, Luke's a college dropout turned entrepreneur who, you know, started his, his pretty much his journey by DMing Jordan Palmer, who's the quarterback guru out in Orange County and, and is a huge business owner and, and knows his network is crazy. And he's a very, very smart dude. Luke reached out to him, asked to work for free. Um, and that was what a year and a half ago. And now he owns, he's part owner with a company or in a company with Jordan. So, I mean, you know, the, the kid knows what he's doing. He, and he's very successful. He has other businesses that he's working on. So we came together and, you know, I'm a, I, I graduated college, but I'm also a failed NFL hopeful. I'm not, I think special, but I think we have a lot of value to bring towards people as far as techniques go and learning and, and we're not perfect. And we're going to say that a lot. And, um, but this product I'm excited for is just to, to get people going, get their mind rolling about how to do, how to start. Like, you know, people are like, I want to do this. And like, where do I start? And that's kind of what our product's going to be is, is show these people and give them the direction to start what they want to start. That's awesome, man. I'm looking, I'm super, you know, very, very much looking forward to that. Thank you. Um, and in terms of advice for others out there, you know, people that have been in similar situations as you, whether it be football related or whether it be dealing with the struggles of injuries, you know, football related or not, or just dealing with the constant ups and downs that come without this or throughout this journey in life. Um, what would you have to say to them? You know, I mean, um, I, uh, I would say it's, it's pretty simple. It's, it's keep going, man. And, and everything I have a tattoo, it says it is what it is. And that's, a, it's a family saying my grandpa used to say all the time and, why I got it for him. And it is what it is. Like you can't change it. If something happened, you can't go back and change it. So don't stress over things you can't control. Focus on what you can't control. Like I could have sat here and looked at this Corona. Oh, I didn't go pro because the coronavirus hit or all that. I could point fingers and make all this kind of excuses. But instead I thought, you know what, I'm going to take advantage of this time that we have. And I started a business and, and whatever the case is, like just take everything for what it is. And like, I keep saying, don't take, don't take things personal because no one's going to going out of their way to hurt you. You know what I mean? It's, it's don't take anything personal means just staying positive, keep going and just stay true to you. Be authentic. Always those dreams that you have go chase them. But if it doesn't work out, don't just 
freak out. Just keep going, keep going, keep going, because things are going to start falling in your lap. When, Like we said, you put into the world, you get out of it. So if you're a positive person, you're doing the right thing, you're being a good person, um, you check your ego at the door, and you just keep grinding and keep going. I believe good things happen to people. Um, and just just keep going, man. That, that's my advice for everybody is just just don't don't ever give up. I love it. I love it. And I'm going to throw a little bit of a wild card at you before yeah. we wrap up. Okay. Um, if you could describe your journey, you know, one, the journey that you've been on up to this point, and then two, if you could describe what you hope the journey to end up being or end up looking like, if you could name both of those in a few words, what would they be? Um, so I think that my journey so far has been uh, a one word would be like resilient. And, you know, a phrase would kind of be find a way. And it's kind of, they mean the same thing pretty much, but it's really, I've always found a way. I just, I've, I don't know what it is, but I I just, I I might see the world differently than people, but, you know, I can't stand small-minded people. I can't stand people that don't see the big picture as far as like dreaming big. Like I dream huge and people used to laugh me all the time in school, but I'll sit here and say on here, like I'm going to be a billionaire someday, but I'm going to help millions and millions of people while I do it. So I'm not doing it for money. I'm not doing it for anything other than I want to help help people and, and grow as a world and as a culture, as a society. And the thing is, it's, it's, it's being resilient, finding a way to get the job done. When stuff doesn't go your way, what are you going to do? You're going to, you're going to throw a fit or you're going to figure it out. You know, so that's kind of figure it out of this is a great term and it's a great attribute to have is just finding a way to get shit done. Right. Um, and what I hope to, to see is, is change. I hope to see, you know, how we treat mental health change as far as athletes and these people in the, in the world go. I want to see change in our societies, how we treat people as a whole and how we treat each other on social media. Um, you know, I want to help these young kids find, find what they want to do. I want to see them grow businesses. I want to see, I just want to see the world change and, and, and for good. And, and I want to see, I want everybody like you and me and, and my people I came up with. And I want us all to, to be at the top and see each other at the top and just share this one big pie that we can all eat because the world's big enough for all of us. I love it, man. I love it. I have to say, bro, I definitely appreciate you taking the time to come and hop on and talk with me today, man. Absolutely, brother. I really appreciate it, Miles, man. I'm really excited for what you guys are doing. Um, and obviously, we're going to stay in touch and we're going we're gonna, to you know, use both of our businesses to you know, help change this world, man. Absolutely. And where can people find out more about The Uncommons? Yeah, so you can go to, uh, it's The Uncommons, two underscores on Twitter and Instagram. Again, that's The Uncommons, two underscores. And uh, our website is www.theuncommons.co. Um, and our product will be launching, you know, whether, whenever you hear this, this podcast, but you can go check, but it might already be launched by the time you hear this, but uh, we're launching this product. Go check it out. Um, we have our podcast is on Apple music, Spotify, all that good stuff. So there's a lot of information out there, man. So, um, hopefully people tune in, but you know, as well as this podcast, man, like stay tuned into this, just, 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 just stay, just stay cultured, stay, stay ready to roll and absorb all this information. Absolutely. Absolutely. Foss. Thanks again, man. And guys for you, thank you for tuning in and we will definitely talk to you guys soon.